Welcome to Hitachi Solutions Podcast. Join us as we talk with our skilled professionals and experts, exploring how customers like you are delivering business outcomes, tackling business challenges, and accelerating their business initiatives, leveraging Microsoft applications and technologies. Hello and welcome to Exchanges with Hitachi Solutions. I'm your host, Brad Koontz. We've got an exciting topic today. We're going to be talking about AI like everyone else is. So, uh, first of all, it's hard to imagine any industry that won't be transformed by AI, whether it's healthcare, education, retail, construction, banking, finance, insurance, manufacturing. There are some very clear use cases where AI can make immediate and large change in how these companies improve their operations and their customer experiences. And now there is a geyser of ideas and concepts in the marketplace and in the media. And what we're hearing is that people are a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, I know that there's a ton of talk in the marketplace about AI and the potential it has to impact businesses in every industry. Some analysts are predicting a 17 trillion with the T, trillion with the T impact on the global GDP by 2030. Uh, with all of these predictions, all of these offers, all of the tech talk and the podcasts that are going out there about AI, uh, it can be like taking a sip from a uh, from a geyser. So, with me today are two fantastic guests who will help add some clarity about AI and how companies can make generative AI work for them. Uh, my first guest brings over two decades of experience in software development, project delivery, consulting, leadership to the table. Paul Wei is the Vice President of Innovation at Hitachi Solutions and leads our product development and emerging technology group. Welcome, Paul. How's it going, Brad? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And our next guest is Don Scott, who for over a decade has spent his time in emerging technology and is the Vice President of Product Development for Hitachi Solutions, where he leads the team that developed the Hitachi Solutions and Power Data Platform. Welcome, Don. Thanks, Brad, for inviting me on again. Absolutely. So it's great to have both of you here. Let, Paul, let's start with a question for you. Let's talk about AI impacting every industry, which I mentioned earlier. How can companies make sense of all of this AI talk that's out there? And then, and then how big do you think the opportunity is here? Yeah, well, one, I definitely think it's, it's you know, very large impact. Um, and what I like about this is, is, you know, how Microsoft's positioning this, others are as well. We, you know, the way we look at it is, this is really going to be the next kind of decade uh, transformation that's going to occur. Uh, so we've already been through it with, you know, whether it's mobile phones, kind of getting the web, things of that nature through prior decades and the growth as has occurred. Uh, we definitely feel, you know, AI, generative AI especially, is going to be a, a huge part of this of this shift. And so, you know, it's it's really is going to impact every application that users, you know, embrace. Uh, it's going to, you know, as well as really kind of transform processes throughout organizations. It's going to really bring us to a next level of automation. And we really feel like, you know, we're just getting started in what generative AI can can do. And already today, it can do uh, some tremendous, you know, tremendous things and bring a ton of value. What, what, what kind of what kind of questions are you hearing from from customers? Like what, what's what's top of mind? What's the first question that they're going to be asking about uh, about AI? 
Yeah, great, great point. So a lot of people are wanting to know practical solutions that we can bring today. So, you know, when it comes to things like unlocking institutional knowledge and, and bring in some of the insight that you, that you might have captured, uh, especially, especially making sense of unstructured data, that, that's something that I can do today. Uh, the, the ability to kind of have this, uh, you know, intelligent um, chat type experience is something that you can do today. And that's, that's partly why we brought Enterprise Chat you know, kind of to the market, you know, to market is because we recognize the power of what it can bring and being able to kind of uh, interact with in a very uh, collaborative fashion. So our whole focus has been around, you know, keeping the human at the center, uh, but really making sure that, you know, to bring the generative AI uh, capabilities in a very friendly, easy to use fashion throughout, you know, various processes and such. So, so a lot of our solutions, whether you know, kind of the, the, uh, this OCR type capabilities that we're doing, whether it's, you know, through the enterprise chat, like I mentioned, um, you know, or, or even, even kind of bringing in through via plugins and other mechanisms to bring in uh, the insight from the GPT-4 and other models is one that we really want to make sure it's, uh, you know, that it's easy and it just kind of already ties into the processes. So I would say most people, what they're looking for is, What's practical? What's real? You know, because there's a lot of noise and a lot of, a lot of, you know, things that that feel a little bit fake uh, that are out there. But what's real? What can we use today? And what can we use that's not going to completely disrupt, you know, my my normal day to day that's happening? Yeah, I I, I can see that. I think another uh, concept that that I've heard from customers is is really around security and and the safety of the data. What are you telling customers when they have questions about whether or not their data, for example, is going to be fed into a larger language data model. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let actually Don jump in on this one, but uh, I would say fundamentally for us, you know, we saw some early uh, data leakage that kind of occurred on the on the open AI world. Uh, that's, you know, spooked a good amount of people. One thing I'll say is that Microsoft, uh, they've done, you know, a huge testament to them. They've done, they've held security at the core of everything they've done, privacy, security, you know, uh, at the core. And so what's nice about this is all of what we're doing is kind of tying into that Azure OpenAI service. We've, we've built enterprise chat with the notion that security is fundamental uh, as well as responsible AI is fundamental. Really all of our solutions are kind of geared that way. But but definitely proud of what the team has done, kind of on the the security, uh, you know, levels around enterprise chat. So Don's got definitely more, you know, deeper insight into that, and could kind of share some of those as well. Yeah, thanks, Paul. You know, I think a big part of security is making sure that all the best practices are followed with the application stack that runs these types of generative AI capabilities. Um, that's why we've invested a lot of time and money making sure everything is ISO 27001 compliant, that we're looking at things like regionalization, which data needs to be stored in which sovereign cloud, and also thinking really intently about how do we ensure that tools like Enterprise Chat and um, like the custom solutions that we build for customers are used ethically. Um, so, for instance, you know, our HR team internally uses enterprise chat and we need to make sure that protections are in place to make sure those sensitive conversations stay private. Um, that's another reason I think customers are coming to us for some of these uh, core 
inexpensive solutions is because a lot of this has already been baked and it allows customers to uh, get started faster um, without cutting corners where it really matters, which is security and privacy. Because if you expect your team to use this tool on a daily basis, they need to feel um, secure and that they have that privacy uh, uh, and protections for for what they're putting into the product. Yeah, that's that's good, and I'm sure that puts um, you know customers a, a little more ease uh, understanding kind of the depth of the 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 care that's taken around around securing their data. Uh, Don, let's talk about how this platform shift can help companies. How are what are some real tangible ways you're seeing customers use AI, and and what kind of results are they seeing? Yeah, well, I, I'll speak to a couple different areas where we're seeing results, not only with our customers, but internally as well. Um, you know, first off, when we look at our business, um, including all the contractors, all the people, uh, the full time staff, we have uh, gone from zero to more than 25 percent of everyone using it on a daily basis daily basis so think about that that is these are active users um and uh we're seeing a lot of uh, usage on simple tasks drafting emails uh how uh, getting advice for how to deal with a tough situation critiquing uh work uh, that somebody's produced anticipating objections uh, that might come up from a customer or from an employee and trying to be a better manager for instance we're also seeing a tremendous opportunity. And I think Paul will talk a little about this in a minute around knowledge uh, with the concepts and the capabilities that LLMs provide around summarization uh, and it, to a limited extent, even an executive function, a thinking function. Uh, knowledge search has been enabled in a way uh, that it, it, it wasn't possible before. And now there's new strategies, new algorithms that allow organizations to embed, to vectorize, to basically create this collection of knowledge of their existing assets much more effectively in, cost, uh, in, in terms of cost and labor than before. And then ask natural language questions out of those documents. And that's a lot of where our engineering uh, time is spent on things like Enterprise Chat and our data platform products. And um, our customers are looking at the same thing. Some of our customers are using OpenAI and our, our services teams to take entire uh, uh, reams of documents around their, their technical products and internal manuals. And, you know, they're getting started with simple use cases. You know, I, I use simple in air quotes here to translate it and from English to five different languages, including the diagrams. Right. That's something that used to take dozens of people to do if you wanted it done quickly. And it's now it's all it's all with open AI and it's pretty, pretty darn good. Um, but when we look at. Uh, when we look at more advanced use cases, well, now we're getting to the point where we want to ask natural language questions of those very deep, detailed technical documents. And that is where knowledge search comes in. And that's really the, 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 uh, 
where a lot of that interest, I think you called it a geyser, is coming from. Um, there's a lot of interesting ways to march towards that, which I think Paul talked a little bit about. Um, and there's a lot of upskilling that has to occur in organizations around what makes a good prompt. Um, but Paul, what, what are your thoughts around knowledge search? Yeah, knowledge search is definitely a, a very large topic, hot topic for sure. Uh, most of where, you know, a lot of what we kind of deal with, especially around this, is kind of the, the old adage, you know, you are what you eat. Uh, and so and so just having a, a huge collection of knowledge isn't really always what we're after. What we really want to kind of pursue is having good quality data. How can we better handle kind of that ingestion process? Uh, there's a lot of concepts that it gets into around embeddings and, and how we're going to store data in a vector database and how, how we want to make sure we can do that in a, in a fashion that's, you know, whether if there's security concerns as well as the chunking strategy, uh, which is basically the size of the data that we're extracting, all kinds of things kind of go into it. And so it's, it's a lot of new tech for many. Uh, and so for that, we kind of, we, we definitely like to, you know, we'll deep dive in and make sure we get, get, uh, folks kind of understanding how this, how everything comes together. But there are traditional databases that also get pulled in, which is great because, uh, what's cool, you know, neat about this is that the models can actually produce really good quality, uh, SQL as well. Mm -hmm. to actually go query information from other databases. So, you know, different elements of, okay, well, hey, when I need semantic searching, when I need, you know, different types of approaches for, uh, for, for bringing this knowledge to light is, is, is yeah, a bit of a conversation, a bit of a, uh, you know, collaboration with clients on that. But what we're seeing output-wise is really exciting, which is, you know, tremendous uh, drawdown in the number of, you know, tickets that might get opened, uh, making it a lot faster for people to understand where things are. And that's kind of why I talk about unlocking institutional knowledge, which is we're taking information that's sometimes buried in these silos and bringing that into a very conversational friendly, you know, kind of interaction uh, has, has definitely proven very fruitful for organizations. Yeah, that's great. And, and I think for me, one of the key takeaways there is it's really, you've just got to point, you've got to be in a position that you can point uh, these models to the correct data, right? So that it, so that it can make intelligent decisions based on uh, the entirety of the of the enterprise knowledge that you have, and that's why I, uh, you know somewhat of a unified um, uh, sense of, of of what the database is, and to make sure that you have the right systems in place. Right, because because that's the other piece of this that uh, many are are unaware of is that you know. Especially because there's a lot of, like I mentioned, you know, <laughs> the things that are out there and kind of some of the socials, it, it, you know, can lose sight of where when you're bringing that data, you do have a limited window of information that you can actually give to the model. So when somebody has a question, you're, you're basically saying, OK, well, here's the question they want answered. It can't go through, you know, gigs of databases. You're really kind of trying to say, OK, let's go behind the scenes, do a search, get the information that's relevant to that question bring that content to the window, you know, to the, uh, the, you know, the GPT-4 content window, and then using this information to go and go and answer the question. So, and, and, you know, that's all happening behind the scenes. We want to keep it extremely easy mm -hmm. for the user to where all they're doing is they're just asking the question, you know, and it, and, and within a couple seconds, boom, the answer is coming back with, with actionable 
and intelligent type type response that will really kind of lead them you know, where they need to be. So, so what's what's the next step for for a customer? What's the best way for companies to get started today? Yeah, so I I think one I think there is if anybody's kind of waiting on the sideline, I would say you need to dive in. Like this this is you know transformational tech. So that if you if you wait, you know this is the type of tech that if you wait, you could get left behind. And so definitely encourage. It's like get out there and, and do start with this, make sure you kind of get your team up and going kind of where around this. Uh, we've tried to make sure it's very easy to onboard. So that's part of what the enterprise chat offering, you know, that we have today, which is for thousand dollars a month, you can get people rolling and kind of get using this and start and start building it out. We also recognize that, you know, we've had some early adopters folks on, especially, you know, since I'm, you know, innovation, it's that emerging tech team, uh, folks like Don and his team, they, they really gravitated to this technology. Uh, but if we even at our own, you know, at Hitachi Solutions, not everybody, you know, dove in, right? So what we looked at is how can we move along and encourage that user adoption? So that's partly where we brought in kind of that prompt library aspect as well, recognizing that not everybody wants to be a prompt engineer. But once we have a good prompt, they can then use it and they can improve their own productivity by, by leveraging some of the great prompts that, you know, uh, their peers and others have, have generated. So what we look at is saying, you know, key thing, jump in now. Uh, there are plenty of ways that we can kind of get going with it. Enterprise Chat is a great offer that, that, that people can kind of get going with. And we do also do kind of advisory. And then I also would say if there are, pain points that you're having today uh you know just ask like is generative ai something that can actually help solve it and surprisingly you know it's not everything uh, but there is a, a surprising amount of things that it's if you reimagine how an application would be with generative generative ai being at the core you could really have some some excellent disruptive type technology hey and i gotta stick it in there we mentioned enterprise chat a lot of times but uh you know Hitachi Solutions is actually rolling out Enterprise Chat at very near cost. Uh, I think it's less than $1,000 a month. And we're doing that because a lot of our customers are asking this question, how do I get started now? How do I get started now? We've got a phenomenal service team to help on those advanced use cases. But as far as like getting that quick initial um, uh, training for your team, that's really within reach. It's it's not as far as people think. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great, um, Don. I, I love. You know, we've got some actionable things here. That uh, this is the way we get started. You can do it uh, relatively low impact to your organization. So, Paul, Don, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, what a fantastic talk we had. Um, want to thank the listeners. Uh, subscribe to Exchanges with Atachi Solutions wherever you get your favorite podcast. You can find our entire episode library on our website at global.hitachi-solutions.com. Thanks. Have a great one. Thanks, everybody. We are Hitachi Solutions a global team of innovators who support our customers' data and business system modernization initiatives.